You're listening to the IEP OMG Show, where parents learn to navigate school supports. Whether your child just received a diagnosis or you're needing help with a plan already in place, we have you covered. Join your host, board certified advocate and two-time teacher of the year, Sarah Kesty, to get small strategies for big impact. Welcome to the IEP OMG show, where we talk about one of the last frontiers of civil rights, the disability movement. Today's show is going to get some empathy going for what your kids go through because you're going to school today, maybe getting schooled. Eh, Big difference in perspective there. So I'll let you decide at the end of the show. Yeah. Being at an IEP or 504 meeting feels a little bit like attending a new language class that's just above your level. You know most of the words and can generally get the gist from context, but what was that about recoupment? And what did they mean by percentile and T-score? And man, oh man, could they please just spell out those acronyms. Even in my first years of teaching, I kind of felt like I was busy translating in my head, so much so that I often felt like I was playing catch-up. I learned to jot down things that didn't make sense so I could clarify later because I was far too afraid to be vulnerable and ask the team for more information. I imagine you've been there too, right? Okay, let's play with this idea. Here's a statement to chew on. Your kid is showing progress in reading. In fact, his Montupolis scores are 4.67, and he's now working on haplaning. Cool, right? I mean, those Montupolis scores are impressive. All right. Well, this is probably an exaggeration. I imagine you've heard things like this before. The general idea is that your child's reading is improving, yet you stall right there. If you knew what the scores meant in context, then you could celebrate and look for ways to extend your child's strengths there. And more importantly, if you knew what haplaning meant, then you could help him haplane at home. With all good intentions, sometimes school teams power through meetings loaded with jargon. Team members assume understanding based on your not asking questions, but this is shaky logic. Not asking questions does not always reflect understanding. Sometimes it just means you haven't even gotten to the point of knowing what questions you have. You know the term, you don't know what you don't know? There it is. You may need to think over and reread the reports, talk about it with somebody, reflect on it with your kid before you've understood well enough to ask informed questions. Our kids go through this all the time. They're busy managing their attention or trying to keep up with notes, so much so that the window of, do you have any questions, closes before they even feel the breeze. My other podcast, the Executive Function Podcast, has a bunch of ideas to support this in our kids, so check it out when you have time. But today, 
I want to teach you, parents and teachers, how to prepare for IEPs and 504s. And we're stealing from our kids' active studying strategies. One way to prepare for school meetings is to prime your brain with the vocabulary. As you felt in the example before, just having two phrases not make sense threw off the entire message. When you have holes in your understanding, you won't be empowered to make the most of your meetings, possibly missing opportunities to clarify or advocate for your kid. My dearest, you may have to study, but that doesn't mean it will feel awful. We can use active studying techniques just like our kids do to create lasting learning in a painless way. All right, first we're going to talk about what you won't do. Do not re-read. Don't just read a list. It will end up being an exercise in moving your eyeballs across the page, but chances are after a few minutes, your attention and thus your comprehension will go elsewhere. You have to make studying active to make it last. So let's backwards plan what this could look like. And again, yes, I'm borrowing from my executive function strategies here. Plan to start studying the vocabulary and terms about two to three weeks before your meeting if you can. Next, get a list of what you need to know. And of course, I have some helpful resources at IEPOMG, and I'll link it in the show notes. But I'm a helper, and you may have other words that you want to add to the list. So a way to do that is to decide what you need to know. And I have a helpful starter list at iepomg.com in the resources and linked in the show notes here. But you can also get ideas of terms by looking through documents you already have and making a list of anything not yet clear to you. Don't be surprised if it's a decent list of like 20 to 40 terms. Think of how much easier the next meeting will be when you understand all of these. Next, plan to use an active studying technique like making your own flashcards or having someone else quiz you. The idea is you're taking advantage of your brain's tendency to pay attention best when there's the right amount of challenge. Our brains are most alert when we're a little bit wrong, but understanding is within reach. Flashcards and the like set you up for this. If you don't want to use paper flashcards, you can also use digital flashcards, like a slides presentation, which I have on iepomg.com. And PS Slides is just a Google version of PowerPoint. So you just kind of click through and that will be your flashcards for you. Or there's Quizlet, which is an online flashcards program, and they have a free version and a paid version. And there's an example prep Quizlet for IEPs and 504s linked in the show notes. Last, schedule when you're going to study. 10 to 15 minutes a day and add some notifications to remind yourself. A second way to prepare is to practice monitoring your understanding during the meetings. Bring a notebook and pen to every meeting and prepare a method that works for you to track your questions. 
I tend to take notes and then add a giant question mark in the margins to denote something that I don't yet understand. Sometimes my questions are answered throughout the meeting and sometimes they're not. But the idea is I have a way to keep track of my questions without interrupting and also without forgetting them. You may want to have a separate questions page, a section of your page set aside for questions or something else. There's really no wrong way to keep track of your understanding. Just please think of a system you want to try before you enter the meeting. You can even test run it at work or watch a video and take notes just to try out your method. A final way to get empowered for a meeting is to practice being awkward and vulnerable. Often, we're afraid to speak up because we feel like we're the only ones who don't get it, and being alone feels awkward. Parents also share with me that they feel dumb for not knowing what is treated like basic knowledge in school meetings. P.S. How many times do you think our kids feel this way? And listen, your feelings are valid, but they don't have to take the wheel and steer you into avoiding asking questions. Instead, you can have the feels and you can try a few strategies to be better prepared for those uncomfortable moments where you gotta ask a question. First, you can practice asking questions in other settings. That moment where you feel that resistance, push through it and see what happens. Next, you can write down some questions or question starters in advance. So a question starter would just be kind of who will do blank or where can I find blank just to kind of get your brain primed for like, oh yeah, it's my job to ask questions. You can also plan to ask things like, what can I do at home to help my kid? What are the team's next steps, etc. Practice naming your feelings. So Before you ask a question, you can just kind of let it out. You can share like, I feel kind of silly or I feel awkward or this might be a goofy question, but can you explain what you meant by, and everybody, you will be pleasantly surprised at how well this strategy is received. When you say how you're feeling about it and then ask your question, it alerts the school team that they could do a better job at explaining things. And since you're owning your feeling, it allows you to personally let go of some of the resistance to that feeling. Getting it out there that you feel uncomfortable often helps the whole team sigh and uh, relax a bit. IEP and 504 meetings feel like the intersection of education and law because they are just that. This merging of two jargon-filled industries makes for a meeting peppered with acronyms and education-specific terms. Preparing for these meetings means you're empowered at a new level. You understand the basics and can level up to asking more pointed and specific questions about your kid's success. As a reminder, to get ready for 504s and IEPs, you can... Learn the vocabulary, practice asking questions, and practice naming your feelings. These three steps will make a huge difference in your experience in school meetings. If you're liking what you're hearing, please share the show. 
connect your friends with these resources so that they too can better help kids and affect positive change for all students with disabilities and their teachers. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the IEP OMG show. Please share the show with families you know and stay connected. Drop us an email at iepomgshow at gmail.com. Your ratings and reviews are incredibly helpful and so appreciated. Thank you.